Welcome to the Beyond Birth Podcast. Join us each week as we take the conversation of motherhood beyond birth. I'm your co-host, Liz Winters, a nutritional therapy practitioner, certified pre and postnatal coach, and mama. I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Jenny Anderson, yoga teacher, full spectrum doula, and mama. Our hope is to inspire, educate, and empower women as they navigate pregnancy, postpartum, and parenthood with evidence-based guidance, informative interviews, and hopefully entertaining anecdotes from our perspectives as moms, entrepreneurs, and birth professionals. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be considered medical advice. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey friend, Liz here to share all about my new favorite lactation drinks from Milks to Brew. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that nursing and milk supply have been a big source of stress in my early postpartum experience. And this is why I am so glad a friend and midwife recommended Milks to Brew. Milks to makes vegan, organic, and decaf instant lattes and a pink herbal fruit tea infusion. And they are both so delicious. I enjoy the coffee, both hot and iced. And I love the pink herbal tea iced on a hot day. I throw some collagen peptides in it, whisk it up, lots of ice and sip on it while I'm nursing that sweet babe. Both blends feature galacticogs like moringa, dates, oats, and brewer's yeast to support a healthy milk supply. So if you are making milk, I highly recommend adding milk stud to your daily routine. And right now you are lucky beyond birth listeners can get 10% off your entire order with code Liz winters. So head over to milkstud.com. That's M I L K S T A.com to order. That's right. Hello. We're We're recording. As always. As always. Yeah. Hi friend. Hi, love. You are a mama of a four-year-old. I sure am. Holy guacamole. I kind of, I mean, is it a mom thing? I kind of hate birthdays because I hate like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're growing. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, who am I? I'm an emotional wreck right around their birthdays and they, their birthdays are right on top of each other. And so I think that's part of it too. It's just like, I don't even have time to process yeah. one. They're, I didn't realize that they, their birthdays were close. They're three weeks apart. So oh my gosh. it's Grace, 11 days Halloween, 11 days Mac. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's a lot of cake and candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I well, give out I the last, I don't get um, trick or treaters. And so last year we just, we like, but just in case like one kid would come to my door, I don't want to disappoint them. But because I don't want to have a whole bag of candy. Last year I had uh, tattoos, like temporary tattoos to give oh out. My- yeah, <laughs> I was like, I would love that if I was trick or treating. Just had this like bag full of tats. <laughs> we usually do some sort of like non candy treat as well. We we we've like added candy in, but like the first year we like gave out like play doh and um we we gave out oh this was a mistake but we gave out honey sticks which was great but we also gave out um glow sticks but they were the mini ones that you turn into bracelets and they look exactly like honey sticks like they look exactly the same and I was like wow fail. <laughs> I like hand a goodie bag to a kid would look at the parents and go, there's honey sticks and glow sticks in there. Make sure they eat the right one. Or don't live, live wild. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So Edie turned four. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So We're looking awesome. at like baby photos. And yeah. so each year, I mean, this is probably the first year that she remembers it, but each year I tell her the story of her birth. And it was really fun just to like revisit all those details with Shane and like laugh about certain things. And it was just, and now she like is more interested in birth, right? Since we've had Arlo. And so it's been fun. She's like, I was born at a hospital, not in the water. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. Pretty fun. Tell her happy birthday for us. I will for sure. She's been what else is going on in your life? Oh my gosh, life has been really busy, but like really good. Like we, um, I am coaching again, which feels mm-hmm. awesome. And virtually, virtually yeah, yeah, everything is virtual. Yeah. Um, so I'm working with this uh, wellness uh, space in Portland, but I mean, all of our content is virtual. So like wherever you are, you could take advantage of their programming, which is great. So they're called Ready, Set, Grow. 
and they serve um, expecting parents and beyond. Um, so they teach like family classes and it's really fun. So I'm teaching a core rebuild class there two days a week. And it's been really fun to do that. And like yesterday was my first class with them and I was like in my living room and Shane set up this like big backdrop for me so we could be like, <laughs> it could look moderately more professional or at least you wouldn't see like the dusty bookcase behind me. Exactly. But like you I mean, said, just cares at this more. point because everyone has a dusty bookcase, but it was, um, it was really nice just to connect in that space again. Yeah. And yeah. And then this, like this past weekend, so it's just been really busy this past weekend. Um, I taught my postpartum planning workshop and that was awesome. And I had couples like from all across the country and it was so nice. Just again, like I think I've just been really craving that connection piece. Um, yeah. that's what I love so much about coaching is like just kind of meeting people wherever they're at in their pregnancy or postpartum experiences. And so just to be able to create that space virtually has been like so rewarding for me and hopefully really helpful for them too. And Oh, I'm sure it's been, um, it's been really magical. And like, I guess when I say busy, I should find another word because there's a lot going on, but it's like all things that I want to be doing. So it just feels really good. Like, and energizing. Like and energizing. Things we want to do. I was definitely, <laughs> like, I felt hungover after that workshop on Saturday because it was, it was two hours. It should have been longer. Um, but I've been like preparing for it like hard for like the last couple weeks. And, um, as soon as it was done, I was like kind of shaky with adrenaline and then like Arlo and I just passed out for the whole afternoon. I just like nursed him anytime he kind of woke up and I was like, no, no, no we're still sleeping. We're still sleeping. <laughs> shh, shh. Well, he's young enough that he's like down to sleep whenever you want to sleep. Yeah, he's not great, like, mom. let's play now. He's like, oh, cool. There's a boob and I'm comfortable. Solid. Whatever you want to do. So that's been really nice. It's awesome. I think that that feeling of hungover, you know, I'm really becoming more aware. The more I do, the more, the more that I do, the more that I do births, the more that I do let births. And I see the pattern that happens. Um, I think the most indicative was the one three births ago. And I was there for, I want to say, I want to guess 16 hours. Let's just say it's 16 hours. And I realized in that 16 hours that I had gone pee once, which was oh fine. But, like, it's all I had to really go pee. So I wasn't drinking a ton of water. Mm -hmm. I went pee once. And a couple of times I ran out to my bag to grab, like, snacks and shove them in my face. And the rest of the 16 hours, I was, like, full energy, brain, focused on somebody else. And then I got home and I was like, I just need to sit on, like... Like, I just need to sit on the couch and watch television. Even though, like, television isn't really my go-to for anything, it was, like, this this, it was the first time I really realized how hard it is on my system to go from, to go like so long without thinking about any of my own wants and needs. And then how hard that makes the transition home. Yeah. I look at my family and I'm like, I want to think about myself for a second. Right. <laughs> They're like, you've been gone all day. Think about us. We want to talk to you or we want to do things or, you know, my husband wanting to have somebody watch the kids. I'm like, Whoa. And so there's that, that similar, like hangover esque. Right. You need to drain. Yeah but like also a little bit energized. We talked about this, like, I mean, <laughs> probably a year ago now when you were, when you were like first doula-ing. Yeah. Younger. Like what, have you come up with your post doula recharge routine? Um, I, I have, it's partially unhealthy, partially healthy. And the, the, um, you know, as everything in life is the unhealthy portion is I, crave like salty fries from Wendy's. So I usually go and get a Wendy's nugget and fries. And I swear to God, it's the only time I eat fast food. I don't eat any other fast food, which I don't mean to say like, I'm so amazing. I just say like, it's not a normal thing for me to really crave it and want it. But, but there's something in my brain that like ties into like, just like salty, dirty, delicious, slutty fast food. And, and I go and I eat that and I, and I don't feel bad about it at all. And which, you know, I would say sometimes with my eating, I definitely have some guilt about uh, indulgent eating. And I usually take it real easy the next 24 hours. And that allows me to look after myself and look after my kids and balance out with the family. So I really try really hard not to schedule anything. And I just kind of chill. And I definitely take my bath, like I mentioned to you before. So that kind of has been the, the thing is, is I don't have, there's no one thing that I do after the birth. And then I'm like, ah, let's, nope, it's probably like a solid. 12 to 16 hour reset. 
that process to recoup all that energy. Well, and I love your salty fries. I mean, your adrenals are probably screaming after that. So all that salt is definitely yeah. helpful. Salt, fat makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's quick and it's easy. And so at that point, I'm probably pretty hungry and pretty fatigued. Right. And the idea of going home and making myself something that maybe meets those needs, but I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You good. <laughs> I'm coming right through that drive through Watch out. I went one time after being at a birth from like two o'clock in the morning and they closed it, the drive through closed at midnight and I rolled in there 1155 and the guy in the window had the balls mm. to tell me, you know, we close at 12, so maybe next time come a little earlier. And I was like, I've been at a birth all day. <laughs> I know exactly what time it is. <laughs> I was like pretty close to talking to his manager. Could, I never got, got mean, at 12.01. He could say yeah, that. I was like, I'm right? not, yeah, I'm not backing down. I've worked in service. Right. You got me till midnight, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I get it. I worked at Starbucks. I know those people that would come in at 7.55 and ask for a Frappuccino and I wanted to kill them. I did. But also I'm like, okay. Like, I mean, I've worked I'm in a here, right? service kitchen that closed at midnight. And if somebody walked in at 11.55 and said, I want a steak well done, we were all like, oh, okay. Okay. We're yeah, here. We'll do we're that. here for that. We are going to be here for another hour and a half now. And yeah, so I, I wouldn't take in any of it. No. Starbucks has a 10, or at least when I worked there, we had a 10 minute rule. So we had to be open in the morning. We had to be open by 3.50 AM. Our hours were at four. We had to, like, our doors had to be unlocked and we had to be ready to serve customers at 3.50. And we closed at eight and we had to be able to serve until 8.10. So. That's a wise customer, customer service uh, angle. I respect the Starbucks on that one. Yeah. They, they do some things, right? Some things. Some things. <laughs> How is baby Arlo? Baby Arlo is so good. He's growing. He's such like a little chunk. Like, <laughs> he's so cute. He's like really mellow. Um, he now does not like the car. He used to love the car. I'm mean, like sleep and just like chill in there. And now like, since he's like more aware of his surroundings, like all those leaps that he goes through developmentally, he's like thank you no and screams his full head off about it which i get like sometimes i don't want to be in the car either can we just get to where we're going yeah can i just um, stretch out in a different angle that'd be great right yeah but he's doing really well like i mean he's almost what's today yeah he's almost three months which is crazy that was always a big one for me of like the moment that they are no longer newborns Right. It's like the different now, like the size of the clothes is a little bit different. Oh, yeah. There's a big hormone shift that happens between three and four months. Mm -hmm. You start to kind of feel like you're getting out of the house a little bit more that you like have a routine now with your baby. And yeah, that's, that was a big, obviously I, I like don't do a passage of time. I can like remember crying at three months of both of them. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa, okay, here we go. <laughs> it's really, it's been really fun to like I'm trying not to, we, we found ourselves like comparing Edie and Arlo a lot um, sure. they're as babies and it's hard not to, cause like this is our first experience and yeah. this is now this one. And, um, but it's been really fun to like, cause he's growing so fast. So he's moving into, he's in three month clothes right now, but we were, we're going to pull the three to six month clothes tomorrow. And we were looking at this picture of Edie and she was wearing this little like flannel jacket. And I realized that it was in Arlo's drawer already. And I was like, Oh and I was like, wait, when was this taken? Oh, in December. So Edie was five months old. Arlo was in it at two months. <laughs> Buddy. Buddy. Well, she was really petite. And he is, he's not. He's less than. Yeah. Really fun. He's, little, he's actually like a little green bean. Like we took him to the pediatrician for his two month checkup and he was like 20th percentile for weight, but 80th percentile for height and 95th percentile for head. <laughs> Big, beautiful brain in there, mama. Good God. So oh, sweetie. It's been really fun. Like, I feel like, like you said, we're starting to find a rhythm and um, feeling like we're like figuring, I just got mascara in my eye out, figuring like we're getting life figured out. Figuring how to figure how life, figure, figure, figure. Yes. Figuring it. Figuring You're it. living. You're living. I saw like the greatest little quote today that was kind of my inspiration for the day about basically like if you knew that the mountain, if you knew you were going to go climb a mountain and that at the top of the mountain, you were going to have these beautiful vistas and you were just going to feel the energy and feel the love and feel like this connection with the world around you. Would you 
take every step like it was such a drain, like it was such a chore? Or would you actually celebrate joy with every step as you got closer to this moment? And when sometimes I think we use terms like I'm figuring it out or we're finding a way or it sounds very much like a drudgery. But I know from you that it's not. It's like we're figuring it out, but we're also like so joyful at every step of what's going on. And so it's this like, it's the terminology we use in motherhood, but it doesn't really encompass all the feelings that you have on a given day with your babies and your, and your journey and figuring it out and the discussions you have with your partner and with your, with your toddler. I mean, I have a doula client right now who's having a lot of problems with her toddler, five-year-old, um, working through like big sister's emotions. And, um, it's, of course, painful because you never want anybody to be uncomfortable or we get tired at certain points of the day or we get bored with looking at the inside of our house, which I'm sure all of us are right now. But there's like this also just edge of joy to it of being with them and experiencing them and watching them change. And so it's awesome. So the figuring out is like, oh, it's so great. I love, I love the figuring out. I think that's like part of my personality when I say I'm figuring something out, like it's it's inherently positive to me because it means I'm making steps forward. Like you said, right? Like it's less of a drudgery. I feel like for me, if I felt stuck, right. But if I'm at the point where I'm starting to figure something out, that means I'm moving forward. Yeah. I think also too, that with motherhood, there's like a moving target. And so we think like, okay, I'm figuring out my baby right now. Right. Oh, that baby's changing. And like, as soon as you feel like, I think I found a rhythm, they're like different set of needs. Just kidding. Right. (laughs) Right. So like you said, you're just figuring out how to figure out. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. And we're like, and with everything else, like with the world, um, it, it's been, you know, such a process, I guess, since last time you and I talked, like Edie's school has closed totally. So like, even if we had wanted to change our mind, it's not an option. Um, I'm like, Shane's not going back to work for a couple months and I'm like still kind of holding my breath about that. Right. And so it's just like, we take our rhythm kind of day by day or week by week. <laughs> yeah. So. We now have Sunday night family meetings, which has been amazing. Just to plan out our week and like, it's like meals and stuff, but it's also like, what do you want to do this week? What's going on with work stuff? Like, yeah. What's on the calendar? Cause even though we're all home around each other 24 seven, God help us. It's still things fall through the cracks or like, I didn't know you were doing that today. <laughs> oh, Fred asked me that today. I, I have, I wish I could show you my calendar. It's all on my calendar. Yeah. What are you doing today? Mm, please reference the resources provided in the back of this <laughs> manual, dude. Come on. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I think that that like, it's so, it's so funny that you, that at least now, maybe because of COVID, we're having these conversations ahead of the moment and not just in the moment. Like, sorry, I got around. I'm doing this, this, and this today. There's actually like this discussion of how can we make it work for everybody? How can we spend some quality time together? How can we have a good time? Right. What do we, what do our, what are our, you know, family goals? Not that that sounds so like specific and lofty, just like, Hey, I'd really like to get outside this week or it's gonna be really hot. I'd like to go somewhere where there's water. That's so valid though. Right. Like, especially with all the stress that everyone's carrying. I mean, the world is heavy. Yeah. And so being able to really be intentional about the time that we're spending. I mean, we're trying to go on an outdoor adventure every week. Like that's our, that's our goal. So yeah. Like, okay, when are we going to do it? Because we can talk about it all day long, right? Like, <laughs> Which is healthy too. Like heavy daydreaming is healthy right now. Yeah. yeah. But we actually need to like make it happen. You got to take action. Right. Right. It is also really it good to go out and do things. Yeah. 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 How are you doing? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Groundhog's Day. Everything's good. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. I, um, I have, I texted you a couple of days ago for people who aren't in our group text and was asking you if I could ask you some questions on the air about some nutrition stuff, because I've been doing some things and I would love your input. I usually figure that anybody, any knowledge of yours that can be spread should be spread. So I hope you don't mind if we record you. I mean, let's go for it. Okay. So (laughs) I definitely, I packed on baby weight between the three babies. Grace definitely had a lot due to being injured and being, um, you know, her being, coming so quickly after Jack that I had a lot of emotional eating and emotional not working out and emotional anxiety. I'm sure my body was just completely stressed. Anyway, so pretty big weight there because of 
um, my injury, I was not really able to work out with grace, which compounded into depression, which also led itself to not eating well. So all of the factors led to a very slow weight loss. And I kind of started to plateau and I started to kind of get a personal panic of, is this, is this the best I'm ever going to get? And not because I judge my body by what it looks like, but because I had always hoped to be a little bit more a peak athlete than I am currently. I play a sport that the leaner you are, the, the generally speaking, the higher you jump out of the sand and the faster you can run on the sand. And I was um, starting to really feel like I'm just getting older. I'm not able to work out as much and I'm dragging around what's probably amounts to a solid 40 extra pounds on the sand. And so my desire to change was not because I didn't value myself because of what my body looked like, but I started to not, I started to get mad at myself that I wasn't accomplishing this goal I had set for myself. Hmm. And I think that's kind of hard for Fred to understand, but maybe hopefully telling you that that makes a little bit more sense. Um, so I went to a nutritionist and she recommended carb cycling mm-hmm. and, and paleo. And she also recommended intermittent fasting and and intermittent fasting wasn't as strict as it was a suggestion of opportunity. Hey, if the opportunity allows for it, she believes that the body kind of digs intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, I also had a different friend, not that I was ever thinking about doing this. I had a different friend earlier this year that tried the carnivore diet and she said that like her body really responded really well to it. She really liked it. This actual nutritionist did it also. She said same thing that her body really liked it. A friend of mine who's a nutritionist was talking all about how the gut bacteria in our bodies doesn't really like meat products and animal byproducts are all really inflammatory and that um, sure that the carnivore diet might be uh, short-term beneficial, but like over time, our bodies would not appreciate that. And so I was just kind of like curious, what's your take on some of this stuff now that I'm doing some of it and I have a little bit more of like a personal, like understanding of like, okay, this is what it feels like, or like, I was kind of curious what your opinion is on, on all of those things on carb loading on, on, or carb cycling, I should say. <laughs> um, I would wish it was carb loading. Let's talk <laughs> about that diet. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, intermittent fasting, carnivore versus, uh, I guess vegan is what she was talking about, which shocked me. I was like over my dead body. <laughs> like it's not gonna happen um and I even told her that I was like my, I'm telling you 100% my body likes meat products like it yeah. feels better um yeah so so I know I hit on a lot of things there I was just like I need to just hash it out with somebody yeah I mean so I guess the common threads with all of that all of those different protocols um to me what sticks out is that they're all really trying to manage inflammation and manage blood sugar regulation, which is really helpful when you're trying to work with weight loss and hypothyroid, right? Cause you, that's right. Do you have Hashimoto's? I'm no, just, I don't have, I don't have a Hashimoto's. I have hypothyroid and, and an assumption that my adrenal glands are also probably pretty shot. Right. Yeah. And so they, trying to, yeah. So I've taken a couple medicine, not, not medicine supplements to encourage them to help them out a little bit. But. Sure. Sure. So, I mean, there's that, but as far as like what protocol works best for you, there's so much more, like sometimes, especially in the nutrition world, we like to put the spot, the body in isolation and be like, okay, we're just going to look at this. Like if you were just in a perfect world, have all of these things in line, then this is what would work best for you. But like lifestyle matters, the stress of being a parent and navigating all of this matters. Um, your thyroid health matters. Like all, there's all these other foundational elements that will really impact how any of those protocols would work for you. Um, I mean, I don't disagree with the first, I mean, knowing like on a very limited basis, like I, I obviously like, you're not my client, right? Like I know you as a person, <laughs> like you're like, Oh, like I see why she would prescribe that protocol to you. Like that makes sense. Um, and it's one of those, as long as it's feeling good and you're feeling like you're making progress, then great. But it's also thinking about kind of the long term, right? How can we make it more intuitive and less feeling like you're following a diet, right? Because we oh, really like yeah. cut and dry. Here's what I'm going to do. And this is the result it's going to get me. But that takes out all of the other 
like we don't live life in a science lab, right? Like we, there's so many other factors that go into it. So it's really hard to say like, what is going to be best, you know? And then as far as carnivore, um, I also have a lot of people that have had really wonderful experiences from it. It doesn't necessarily resonate with me, but that's because I love vegetables. <laughs> um, and I look at the carnivore diet again with only a cursory understanding of it. I've not delved into the science, so I just really want to put that out there. Um, I think that it probably has a lot of therapeutic benefits and that it could be a therapeutic temporary thing. A lot of people have experienced like really intense gut healing from it um, and so many other things. Do I think it's a long-term lifestyle? No, I really don't. But again, I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong or again, it's anecdotal. So it's, it's going to be different for everybody. I think we all need different levels of meat and vegetables and fruits and grains and all of these things can vary from person to person. Um, and it's just, it's one big science experiment and you have to be your greatest investigator, I guess. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And that, that's a little overwhelming for me because I'm one of those people, like you mentioned, that wants like, okay, what's the formula so I can get the results? Like if you're like, just, totally. you know, that's a, that's a skill set I'm not as, as good at. It's um, really hard. And it's like, I mean, I think as long as like you have a framework, so maybe thinking of it less of like a, this is my strict plan and coming up with a framework that works well for you and like starting to notice, okay, what foods make me feel good? right? And what foods make me feel like crap, right? And really just starting to notice that and noticing without judgment. So it's not like all of a sudden, it's so like for me, it's dairy. Like I could eat dairy all I wanted during pregnancy and now it makes me feel terrible and it makes me really sad that I can't eat dairy. But I'm also like, I don't want the migraine that comes with it or the bloat. Like I just don't feel my best or same thing with alcohol. Like I just, I can't jive with it. I can maybe have a glass of wine if, as long as it's like a dry wine and then I'm happy. So it's noticing that not being like, okay, wine is a bad food. I'm like, no, this is my reaction to this particular food group or whatever. And I have to decide, okay, is this, I need a plan for it, right? Like I need a plan and decide, is this going to be something that I want to eat today or tomorrow? Cool. I know what's going to happen and that's fine. I'm making that empowered choice. What's your, um, understanding of how the carb cycling is affects or is affected by the a female hormone cycle and um working with that like like what's what's that relationship to your knowledge you'll get a lot of um again i, I hate to tell you that it depends but really like if you look at the studies um some people respond really well to it and some people don't um in terms of carb cycling, for those that don't know, it's basically where you follow a lower carb or almost almost ketogenic diet throughout the week and then maybe introduce like a carb up once or twice a week. So you would eat slightly more carbs than you would normally eat. So maybe it's like adding in some sweet potato or I know sweet potato is always the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> it's what I do on my on my carb days. <laughs> totally. Right. It's but it's like an additional like two medium sweet potatoes or two large yeah. sweet potatoes. Yeah, so it's lot. not it's not a lot. Um but I know that I responded really well to it in between pregnancies, but it's something that you have to be really careful about for, especially for female hormones. Like some people, again, if blood sugar regulation is like the crux of your health issues, um, then it can be really, really beneficial. But if there's other things going on where you're just simply not getting enough calorie content in all of a sudden cutting carbs and not eating a lot can put more stress on the body. Sure. So it's just really, you have to dive in a little bit more and see how you're responding to it. Um, so things that I would look for if you're feeling really fatigued all the time and not energized, um, that's kind of the biggest indicator. If you're really shaky or stressed or having trouble sleeping, um, those are some other things to look for that you may need a little more carb in your diet. I think a lower carb diet overall can be really beneficial, um, especially in the postpartum period to kind of keep energy satiated, um, or not satiated. That's not the right word. You're asking somebody who's sleep deprived over here. Um, keep energy and making the spotlight move. What's that? Sustained. E there evil, we go. Even. Stay yeah. 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 Even. I think it can be really beneficial, but again, like we're not, 
people that have menstrual cycles have all sorts of ebbs and flows and hormones. So we don't get this benefit of like one standard set, like our bodies and our needs change week to week and almost day to day. And so really knowing that there isn't going to be, you have to work with your body rather than against it, I guess yeah. is really the point of it. Yeah. It's, it's, I find it like so hard because as I'm working through this diet and I'm, and I'm my sleep, you know, I might have a given night where like the girls have me up in the middle of the night. And then I'm like, is my, is my fatigue due to the diet or did I, what did I eat yesterday versus today? Like more ground beef versus more chicken or more like fruit versus a vegetable. If it's like a high carb day, like I'll throw in an apple or something. Um, I become, I become really kind of inefficient at my own like like can you really observe yourself it's kind sure. of a thing like I'm like oh, I don't know maybe it's my period maybe it's my sleep last night maybe I don't like what I'm doing today so I don't have that because I'm definitely somebody that like get gets energized if I've got something going on later in the day yeah. or something and um or maybe it's because it's been 95 degrees and I'm oh my God, you know, so tired yeah so uh, it's been hard to kind of give myself an honest grade as to how I feel during all this and I I wouldn't say I'm doubting her. I'm not doubting. I'm just, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm putting in a lot of effort on something that's not going to give me the results I want. And what happens if you don't get those results? I don't fucking know. Right. Like what happened? Like, I I don't know what my neck, I don't, I don't know that I have another option. I have to accept that this is my body and I'm not going to be the, the athlete that I want to be or the, yeah, that's hard. Right. But maybe like, maybe you could still be that athlete. Right. And it just looks different. I don't know. Yeah. I, there was also part of my, of my head that told me that would feel better. Um, yeah, of course. It's like loosely if I didn't have so much weight on it. So there's just the idea of like, will I ever really be able to get to the, the root of the problem or fix anything if I'm again, carrying around this extra weight or, or if I want to have another kid, which still isn't totally off the table. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to start heavier than I was when I started with Grace and add three years of age to it and running after two more kids and having possibly starting with the hypothyroidism, which I haven't checked in a while, but I'm assuming I'm still in the non-optimal range. Right. Um, so I have a lot of hope that this is effective. And with that hope comes um, fear. Sure. And I know I'm not supposed to. Like, I don't know if anybody has been watching the the last dance uh, documentary with Michael Jordan. He talks a lot about like in pressure situations, did you ever, you know, when you were the one that they gave the ball to and the buzzer was about to, sh- to go off, were you ever scared you were going to miss the shot? And he was like, why would I think about missing the shot? Like, <laughs> no, I'm thinking about making the shot. I'm going to make the shot. That's what I do. Like, but it was his idea. Like, why would I focus on missing the shot in that moment? And I think that resonates for me right now. Like, wait a second, I'm doing all the work. Why would I be focused on what happens if I don't make right. it happen. But that's where I'm finding myself. <laughs> yeah. There's like yeah. some mindset shifts that need to happen, right? Yeah. And I'm, um, I think it's, I think it's cycle related. Like I can kind of tell that today I'm just very, just like about it, you know, like I don't want to be open-minded. I don't want to fix my mindset. I want it just to happen the way I want it. Like kind of like my four-year-old ex a lot of the time. <laughs> I mean, we've got them we've all been there. She literally tells me, she'll just be like, I want all the babies. I want it to go my way all the time. Like it comes out of her mouth. I'm like, girl, I hear you. Mm, hard one. All want it always our way. I get that. <laughs> she is unabashedly selfish. <laughs> I mean, like, no, I want it. Her priority is her, and that's that's fine. More power to her. Yeah, like she doesn't mean it at all to put anybody else down around her. She's not trying to make anybody get hurt. She's like, I want all the toys. I want it to go my way. I want to do my things. Yeah. Girl, I hear you. What's, so the, what's, your, what's the response to that? I'm always like, I don't know. oh yeah, okay, I see your point. <laughs> I hear that. I don't know how it's going to go, but I hear that. Yeah. yeah. But maybe give yourself, just like we were talking about me figuring out, figuring out how to figure it out. <laughs> how many figures out? Yeah. That's what you're doing right now, right? Yeah. This is part I, of the process. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm four weeks into this and I think I'm also having some um, breakup uh, remorse. Like I miss, I miss my foods. Sure. I miss my, I miss my uh, Wendy's drive through I, you know, I miss my slutty go-to. I'm tired. How about a little like 
you know, fill in the blank to make me feel better. And I don't mean like necessarily emotional. I mean, like having the low dip, having that, like, oh, doesn't that sound really good tonight? You know, not being able to kind of move off of taste and cravings right now. It's especially right before my cycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's like about working with your body. Cause you're like right before, below, before your cycle. Right. So like, what could that, what could life look like if you could allow yourself that kind of freedom and still meet your goals? Is there a reality that exists like that for you? I mean, I a hundred percent believe that that's what my long-term has to be, right? Like that, that's the, the integration of mm -hmm. intuitive and like mindful in terms of, oh, maybe I should say aware, aware of what my body thrives on, aware of what will help me stay within this kind of range of macros, et cetera. Um, that's definitely the long-term goal. The short-term, I just keep thinking like, just don't touch it. Just don't touch it. Just don't touch it. It might, it might give you that edge. It might give you that half a pound. It's pudding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, we have a, an organic dark chocolate bar that Fred will never touch because there's like dark chocolate sitting in our pantry. And I'm like, well, she's got my name all over it. Yeah. Delicious. I'm here High it. carb day today. <laughs> yeah. What other kind of like trendy or um, talked about, you know, food trends or you see not food trends, but diet trends you've seen. You know, I see that Noom stuff all the time, but I don't, yeah, I'm not really. Oh, that like the weight loss app. I get ads. Yeah. Well. I'm going to get kind of offended about it. Um, yeah, it's, there's something odd there. You know what? I, I guess carnivore is the one that comes up in my feed a lot. Um, people are still talking about keto. Um, but really like I've seen the shift in like coaches that I'm connected with and in people talking about is more of like, okay, let's find something sustainable and how can we move through the world and not be scared of food? And I think that is powerful. And it, it takes a lot of unpacking about the stories that we're telling ourselves. Um, and I say that like, I'm well in it. Like I am 12-ish, almost 12 weeks postpartum. Um, in a body that feels very squishy and unrecognizable. And I'm on camera a lot. And I have to have this conversation with myself. Be like, who is telling me that I'm not good enough to show up in this body and move in this way? And that's, you know, diet culture. That's my own little like thing in the back of my head from when I was a kid. And I feel like the best thing that I can do for the people that I work with is show up anyway and kind of practice what I preach in terms of like being confident and acknowledging the struggle and that shit gets really hard and that it's still really tricky, but also that like, I'm still worthy of showing up and I still have a lot to offer and I'm still a good athlete. And even though my body doesn't necessarily look or move in the same way that it did four years ago before kids, cause I did go down that rabbit hole the other day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean like just like popping up like memories. I was like, Oh my God, look, that's me before I had children. Damn. I was in good shape. Mm -hmm. I'm like, great. That's, I mean, that was that season. Right. So we're it's, totally. it's remembering that everything is a season. So I think that's where I have really seen a shift in, um, in the world and finding like there's a space where you can like eat bread and it won't, totally throw everything off right because you can still have body comp goals right like that's still totally fine you're allowed to want that and it's right. okay right. um but it's again finding that balance and planning for it and doing all of that I don't know if that's helpful no it, it is it is you're you're telling me all the things that I know and that I hear and that I think that when I get frustrated I want to dismiss those and fall into the very contrived industries that exist to make oh, me sure. want a quick fix. Right. And so I'm, right. I'm allowing myself to like, look over the shiny bright lights and think like, God, wouldn't it just be better? I know it. I know in my heart it wouldn't. And all those things you told me, or you, you know, told yourself about like who you show up as and is that person worthy? I mean, I, my size, my, the number on a scale does not affect anything else about me, anything except possibly the pants I fit in right now. <laughs> There's that. And how high I jump out of the sand. Sure. And and so I, I do have that kind of, um, other life balance, you know, um, right. and I, and I didn't always have that. So I can recognize that for the, yeah. the benefit that it is for certain. Um, 
I think that also I'm a very goal oriented person. And the funny thing when you're working internally with your struggles and with your stress in your body is the more that I kind of am like, God damn it, I want to get this goal. That doesn't really work for the stress of my body and the, and the kind of, you know, homeostasis of my body. And so I recognize I'm, I'm really kind of, I think I'm in that throw right now. Yeah. Um, so what I did this week is I changed up like last week, I was very much like chicken thighs and broccoli, chicken thighs and broccoli. (laughs) And this week I'm like, go fucking find some recipes, Jenny, go find something that will taste a little different. Go get some paleo curry going, go get like, come on, like, don't, don't make it so deprivation. And so, so white knuckled, you got to be able to like, make your body feel like this is cool. This is good. You know, you need to enjoy your life. Right. Like, and you can do that and still follow these protocols. I really, I really enjoy being successful at the goal I set myself for. So it's like this, you know, it's a, it's a, a battle telling myself to calm down every once in a while. You know, I think those both, those two things can exist simultaneously though, and not, you know, negate each other. I'm going to take a deep breath because I appreciate it. You totally can. You got this. Can I go back to a question? I chose something you mentioned a second ago. Uh, Yeah. What's your understanding of um, sourdough bread and a gluten-free diet because I I'm gluten-free for my thyroid mm-hmm. but I would love love there to make go. some sourdough bread and I know I could probably do gluten-free sourdough bread so let's just like put that in box a totally sure, sure. but I've also seen some discussion mm-hmm. about the the process of making sourdough breaks down the gluten differently it does. It absolutely does. So just like when you soak and ferment anything like beans or any kind of grains, um, it inherently makes them more digestible. So you're making those proteins easier on your gut to digest. Um, so it kind of depends on your tolerance for gluten and how it impacts your body. So I will tell you firsthand that we started experimenting with some sourdough. Um, and it was delicious. Um, but ultimately, like after a few days, like it just didn't feel good. Um, and I was so bummed because like all I wanted, like I'm talking about this balance. I was like, I just want to be able to eat a fucking piece of bread every now and again and not worry about my, not worry about my digestion, not worry about my, um, mood, uh, you know, all these things. And I'm at the point in like healing my gut that like I can eat a piece of sourdough with gluten and not, you know, run for the bathroom. Right. But I can definitely feel an impact in my mood and my brain fog and all of that. So like, these are things that like I started noticing in terms of like thyroid. Again, I think it depends on the severity of your, of hypothyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that my naturopath was like, gluten is not a good idea for you. Um, even in probably the sourdough realm, but the amount of gluten in a piece of sourdough toast versus like a piece of even Dave's killer bread is substantially different. Really? Yeah. Um, That's good to know. And, ha- and, and in your experience, have you ever dabbled in the gluten-free sourdough? I'm actually making some right now. I have some um, proofing in the fridge right now. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay, I do you have to let me know how that is. Yeah, it's been great. So my friend Teresa taught, um, she's at Homegrown Glow. Um, she taught a sourdough workshop um, and it was super fun. She sent us a starter. And so that's where we started making our own like sourdough with gluten. I would also say that I, I would highly recommend organic flours when you're working that. Um, grains are one of the most heavily sprayed crops and that can actually have a really big impact mm-hmm. with, um, how you tolerate gluten. In fact, a lot of people who, not a lot, but a, a good number of people that, um, may not be, may think that may not, they may not be able to do gluten, even when it's fermented may actually just be having a reaction to the pesticides, um, which is, like mind boggling to think about. Um, but anyway, so we made that sourdough and that's where we kind of experienced there. And then I started doing research on gluten-free sourdough and ended up, you know, transitioning our starter over and we use um, like a brown rice base. And so the loaf that I have in the fridge right now is made with brown rice and oat and buckwheat flours. And that has been really nice. It's definitely denser than like a, um, gluten loaf. But we made like delicious, it was super soft and made like really awesome sandwiches with it. And it was great. Like, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it. Will you post any of those recipes on your um, website or your blog? Yeah, I think I will. I'll probably share it. Like I'm not, I'm like definitely, um, I am no sourdough expert by any means. I feel like there are lots, there are a lot more 
resources out there that are probably better than mine, but um, I can share. I, I share, I've been sharing what I've been doing in my stories too. So I can, okay. I can send that recipe your way. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I'm in. Love it. Maybe that, maybe that'll kind of, you know, satiate that craving for a little bit. Right. And as I tell you, there's like some freedom. I was telling my sister this the other night. It was like, I was scared of bread and I didn't even realize it. Like, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of emotion tied up with food. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So. And I know that all the discussion that I've had with both my naturopath and my nutritionist about gluten and the hypothyroidism is that gluten is an all or nothing uh, food that you eliminate from your diet. Like you can't really, you know, oh, I'll cut back on gluten. Like, no, it's still going to affect your system a lot. And so I think that that has contributed to my kind of like fear, like of like, oh, wait, uh, uh, I don't want to accidentally get something that was put in a batter. And yeah, that definitely, yeah. there's not a lot of room for, there's not a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. So. It's tough. Yeah. So I also feel like it's like affected my energy. I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> hey, well, it's the week before your cycle. Do you do, do any like seed cycling for cycle support? Not. I looked into it one time and I, and again, this goes back to me dipping my toe into a little bit of everything, but not having the knowledge truly to quantifiably look at how my body's responding to it. She does a, um, I don't really know what she does, but she does like a, basically an electronic reading of my body. Oh, it did it. It gave her like my fat percentage. And then it also gave her where my water was stored, like how much oh. water I have in my system and where, and where it was stored. And for her much more valuable because it's telling her whether or not my body on a truly like cellular level is agreeing with the new diet or whether it's like not liking it, you know, is it all of a sudden retaining water or am I, am I, am I, so like the last, I only did one checkup at three weeks and I, and I did have a decrease in my, um, fat percentage that was more than the weight loss I had lost. So she could say, I actually can see that you've transitioned some fat into muscle, but you have also lost some weight and then your water's moved. So she's like, your body really likes this plan. Um, right. I'm like, good, great. Um, no, it it is really good. Um, well, it seems like it takes the emphasis off of just the number on the scale, right? A hundred percent. Like a better reading of what's going on with your body. Yeah. And we have, she and I had that conversation. I was like, there's three people in my body. There is the one person that wants to be an athlete and that would eat like, you know, whatever you told me to eat. So I would have like mm-hmm. this like, you know, Olympian body. There's a person that like works in the wine industry and loves really good food and wine. Like if you looked at me yeah. and said, don't ever have another croissant, I would walk out this door because <laughs> I will have a croissant again in my life. <laughs> Hands down. You're a human. Uh, Yeah. And the third one is that, you know, there's an emotional adolescent eater inside of me. And, and sometimes I eat food that doesn't serve either one of those other two purposes. It's not really, really amazing food. And it's also not really going to fuel me to become an athlete. It's some, maybe fall somewhere in between of just kind of uh, emotional or rebellious or cravings, et cetera. So to your point, when it's not all about the scale, it's really about being honest with which person am I feeding literally figuratively and the moment when I'm, when I'm eating food and how am I mentally approaching that? And, and because if I'm either one of those first two people, I'm not approaching the meal. Like it's bad, no matter what's in the meal. I'm like, Oh, this is totally feeding this person in me that loves this. Mm-hmm. The, guilt, the guilt really just comes from that other, from not being honest when I'm kind of just fucking having a pint of ice cream to have a pint of ice cream, you know? So um, so yeah, so the, the conversation is definitely not just about what's on the scale and that's right. really important yeah. for the longevity of this and whatnot. So I was going to tell you something else on the scale. I don't remember. Dang, I'm so sorry. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> oh, this, this, maybe it was a seed cycling, was it? Oh, oh going back to that, yeah. that I, if I tip my toe into anything, without kind of knowing how it's affecting my body truly. Like, again, I feel like if I don't have a quantifiable way to look at it, that I probably shouldn't do it because I might do it slightly wrong or slightly not long enough or too long or something that, that negates the benefit of it. Mm. So I'm trying to be really, um, it's, it's very much on my short list of things to see if that really helps me because I would love to see how that um, encourages my body to be balanced. Sure. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're doing it or you don't have your cycle back yet? Um, well... My cycle came back. I've had one period since mm-hmm. and, um, and then nothing since nothing again. So it's not consistent by any means, but, um, mm-hmm. my nutrition intern did a whole like workshop on seed cycling in our, um, strongest mother group. And that was really awesome. And, uh, it's definitely something that I 
at least recommend like the cycle awareness for postpartum people because, um, you know, we don't have that, like we can't, we, you link it up with the moon instead of if you don't have a consistent period. So like, that's kind of my next step. Once I have the brain capacity right now, I'm just like trying to make sure I get enough water in my body and then I'm eating consistently. 100%. Right. Like that's, I, yeah. Priority. I'm at that point postpartum where like, if I tried to do any kind of protocol, like it, it ends in a hot mess. Um, as, as alluring as it might be, um, it's mostly just like, we're still in survival mode. Right. Yeah. So trying to nourish my body as best I can and drink yeah. water. I, I think that that's the best, like, I'm not a nutritionist, but I think that's the best thing to do. Cute, cute water, water drink. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't expect that noise to come through. Gross. Hey, I'm staying hydrated. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah, you are. We're all just houseplants, right? Oh. Give me some sunshine and water. I hope we're not a houseplant because I cannot keep them alive. That's a good point. Yep. Yep. Terrible at it. They're like, this one's easy. You can't kill it. And I was like, challenge accepted. Hey. Fred, Fred weeded our vegetable garden the other day and weeded my beans. Oh. Yeah. So we're not even a good houseplant. We're not even good gardeners. You, you like, you like literally, you didn't weed around your beans. You like took your beans out. Fred did. I knew where the beans were and he was very, trying to be very helpful. And he was like, mm, these look messy. <laughs> what, what happened was, is that some sweet critter had gone through and chewed down my beans a lot. So they were kind of the same. They weren't this like discernible height. Sure. Um, and he felt terrible. I was like, it's fine. It's plant some more beans. Yeah, it'll be okay. So, uh, so yeah. So whether you're a houseplant or in our vegetable garden, it's risky out here. Yeah. Risky. I bought a new horse this weekend. Oh my gosh. On a side note. So now I have two rideable horses. If anybody wants to come horseback riding. Look at that. Can you AKA, ride horses socially distanced? Yeah. In masks. Yeah. Well, you're more than, you're well, more than six feet away. That's true. Horses. Yeah. Are. I mean, like maybe sometimes you might get like slightly closer, but generally speaking, the, like the horses might get closer, but the riders aren't generally. Six That's feet. awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You know that. I've never ridden. I'm going to get, I know I'm going to get you on a horse before you know it. We got time. We got time for that, for that body to feel like it's kind of, you know, communicating with itself again. Right. <laughs> yeah. Make it happen. Are you doing your own postpartum um, program or have you designed one specifically for yourself? Now that um, so I, <laughs> I'm doing a couple things. I, this new class that I'm teaching with Ready Set Grow, the way that we run it, I actually do the workout while I'm running the class. So that's different. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a voiceover because I'd be like, <laughs> nope, sure don't. it's live. Um, and so like I did our, I'm, I'm teaching a core rebuild class. Um, and so it's like just really like functional movements, core connection, glute strength, all that. But like I'm definitely sore this today because like I did a 45 minute workout with my class yesterday and I just hadn't thought about that. So that's really nice. But um, I actually am doing street parking and have been really loving it. Yeah. I've been doing their like programmed Metcons a couple days a week because I have to be really careful with Metcons because of my Hashimoto's. I don't want to overdo it and overtax. What's a Metcon? Um, metabolic conditioning workout. So like, like AMRAPs, your EMOMs, all that kind of stuff. And tell me the impact on the, the Hashimoto's. You have Hashimoto's, you have hypothyroidism. I have Hashimoto's. Did I know Hashimoto's that? hypothyroid. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, so Typically, like CrossFit style workouts that you would see mm -hmm. at the cons or like really intense boot camps can be too taxing on your system and can put you further into. Got it. Can yeah. I make it spin a little bit? Yep. So I've been doing that like once or twice a week, but then they also have like a strength program. So I've like dusted off my barbell, which has been really nice. And I've just been focusing on lifting. And that's like those slower, like still like metabolically challenging workouts. Um, but are much like I'm not getting that adrenal fatigue, which you run into a lot in postpartum period because postpartum thyroiditis is really super common. Um, yeah, and you have to be really careful about that work, what those workouts look like. Are you, and and how would you kind of like categorize them? Is it a heart rate sort of thing that's that's the market difference between the two workouts? Because or like sustained heart rate? Is it the start and stop? Is it like the recovery time? Like what would you say? Kind of like how, how you're using your, your muscles through the, through the workout. So it's not, you're not doing a sprint, right. And you aren't doing like, you aren't running for, um, it's the, it's the type of stress. So like me going out and running for hours 
is going to put way too much stress on my body, not necessarily like muscle fatigue wise, mm-hmm. but everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, definitely muscle fatigue if I was going to go run for hours, but you see the point. Um, it's really about the type of cortisol response that you're getting in the body. And would you be able to, would a person be able to know that without like testing or looking at it or would they be able to, is there something they can feel? Like, is it like, it's when the next day you just feel like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. Or is it when you feel really exhausted right after? Or like, what's the. You see like the signs of adrenal fatigue. So, um, tough, tough time sleeping, really exhausted. I give my, my postpartum clients the cue that like, if your workout is leaving you floored for more than five minutes afterwards, like if you find yourself having to take a nap in the afternoon, on the days that you work out, you're going too hard. Got it. Got it. Um, and that's assuming that you're like being able to, that on days that you aren't doing that type of workout, you would notice a difference. So. Right. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah. You'll just start to notice that, that breakdown. Um, and then especially if like weight loss is a goal, it's count, it's, it's counteracting that because you'll start to get cortisol belly. I wonder that's what I have. I'm gonna, I have everything belly. I've got a little wine belly, little cheese belly. You have three amazing babies belly. Exactly. Look at that. I even told Fred, I like I looked at it, I was like, ah, this could stay. Like this is a sweet little package I have here for my babies. Like I'm cool <laughs> with this. You just want to jump higher. I just want to jump higher. And and of course, like that ties so directly into the fact that I've had pelvic issues. And so I don't I've not done a plyo workout in three years. So sure, my jump has deteriorated for sure. a variety of different reasons. So just want to jump higher. Just want to jump higher. I mean, you know, Shaquille O'Neal weighs more, more than I do and he jumps higher than I do. So like, right. exactly. I can work this out. Yeah. yeah. It's my plan. So many things. So many things. The good news is, is I like a hundred percent like timeline this and I'm like, I will be done with this by, by the winter, by holidays. Cause I would like to eat some just delicious, good food. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh goodness. Long-term goals. Love it. Love it. I know holidays are going to be here before we know it. Weirdly enough. I know. I, I won't talk about it. So I won't talk about it. Again, I still have to get through my children's birthdays and that will drive me crazy. So let's <laughs> freaking shelve that. Thank you though for answering my questions. I know that they're kind of, oh, it's, yeah. a hard, it's a hard spot to put you in because I'm giving you no quantifiable data about me or about what I'm trying. I'm just trying to like, well, this is what I have a question about. You're like, okay, I mean, I can kind of give you the gist. So I appreciate that. that uh, I'm here for it. I mean, it's, I think you are not the only person that has these same questions. And so a generic response is probably more helpful than like a very specific one. Right. Right. So. Right. It and depends. Just, <laughs> it depends. Everybody's different. But I mean, that's, that's really, really the root of it. So don't mm-hmm. feel like, I feel like that's the, like one of the big messages of if you're trying a protocol and it's not working for you, it's not your fault. That's just not the protocol for you. No, totally. And if there was one protocol that worked for everybody, a thousand percent, we would all do it. Well, and it would be like, I wouldn't have a job. (laughs) I mean, if we all just have subscribed to the same, like paleo worked for everybody. Right. That would be the end of the story, but we know that that's true. Right. We would put out, you know. And we know that we're, it's not, it's not that isolated, right? Food is not just about sustenance. It's it's not just about what you put in your mouth. Well, yeah. I mean, there's like the, there's the cultural aspects. There's, there's just so much more that goes into the conversation right. around food than I think we right. get credit for. Right. No, hundred percent. And we can talk about that more, but I definitely brought that up with the nutritionist where I was like, just, just so we're clear, like this is my belief in food. And, and so I'm not setting up for a life, a lifetime of, again, no croissants, which like croissants aren't even my favorite food. It was just an example. Ooh, yeah. Flour and dairy. Yeah. I want it. <laughs> Always. <laughs> so good. Oh, friend, it's so good to see you. You too. Love you too. I uh, hope you guys are staying cool over there. Oh my God, it's so hot. Our AC is working, but not well enough for me. <laughs> Work harder, buddy. Come on. I mean, hopefully when we talk next, there's a little bit more guidance on what's going on with uh, the world around us, including where our children are going to go to school. I'm homeschooling. I told you that, right? Well, you said you had like a little, um, I was going to say co-op. That's not what I mean. Like a little... Um, like another family that you guys are kind of quarantining with. Yeah. But like in terms of like what we're doing for school in the fall, like I I'm homeschooling Edie. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So we're on the fence with that. It's a possibility. Yeah. Not me, by the way, my mother was a teacher. (laughs) Grandma. (laughs) That's nice. Okay. 
All right, love. So good to see you as always. Yay. Keep up the goodness. Let me know how your uh, your postpartum class is going. I have a mama right now who, first time mama, went in to get checked. She's 37 and change, so almost 38 weeks. Fully effaced. I'm sorry, what? Fully effaced. Oh, walking around, fully effaced, 1.5 centimeters. Her husband's on a work trip, and she's like, what do I do? I'm like, lay down. <laughs> lay down and chill out, and that baby's going to come, and that baby's ready, girl. Yep. You never know. So. Next time I talk to you, we can have a we can have a conversation about that one. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Right, bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beyond Birth Podcast. If you love what you're hearing, we'd be so thrilled if you'd subscribe, rate, and leave a review for our podcast wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time. <laughs>